Coming up on today's Locked On Senators. Still no announcement on who the next owner of the Sens will be. And with a long weekend in the States, TikTok. I don't think we're going to find out today. But what better time than to give our reaction? Our good friend Ian Mendez with The Athletic put out his fan survey results. So we'll give our reactions. And we're going to do a draft style picking three former Senators players we'd like to see back on the team. And is Kyle Dubas waiting ownership news? to take a next job that's all coming up on today's edition of the locked on senators podcast it's your team every day your locked on senators your daily podcast on the ottawa senators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i'm jake sanderson and you're listening to locked on senators podcast I'm Tim Schützle, and you're listening to the Lockdown Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 808 of the Lockdown Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, please like and subscribe wherever you download your podcast. We're also available on YouTube, where we want you to comment below. We want to know which former senator would help the team the most going into next season, but you have to include their cap hit. I don't want anyone saying, Eric Carlson at $1 million, we'd be winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, we know. Today is Monday, May 29th. Pilsy, stick taps are in order. For DJ Smith, world champion. Pierre Dorian loves winners, so there's another uh, gold medal to uh, to add here. But yeah, it's great that Team Canada was able to pull out with uh, the gold medal. That's what we expect from this team anytime there's an international hockey tournament. But also, quick stick taps to Latvia, Ross, for that bronze medal. Did you see back in Latvia, they, they're having a massive, party celebrating that medal so that's always fun when uh when the smaller countries get a taste of glory and pretty cool that we're doing our sends abroad draft i don't think these two players will make the cut but casper's dogovins a Ooh. former fan favorite calder cup champion with the binghamton senators he came out of retirement to captain his country the half of the tournament that's was awesome. in Latvia, half was in finland he leads them to glory and belleville senator as recent as this year Christians Rubens scored the game-tying goal against the U.S. with under five minutes left and then scored the overtime winner. He probably saw Tyler Clevin over at the other side and said, this guy took my left-side defensive spot on the depth chart. What the heck? Yeah, I mean, he's getting his revenge. And uh, my guy Rudy Balsers even uh, had a decent tournament as well. So fired up for Latvia and, of, of course, fired up for Team Canada. Yeah, congratulations, DJ Smith and Team Canada coming home from the World Championships with a gold medal around their neck. Germany wins silver, but no Tim Stutzla. He is focused, ready, preparing for next season where there is no excuses, Pilsy, that this Senators team needs to be a playoff contending team. And that was one of the questions that Ian Mendez asked in his fan survey. Part one, we already did the discussion about, but this one is more so about player movement and whether or not Ridley Gregg should be a full-time NHLer. Which question and result caught your attention the most? Well, we're a hashtag goalie-friendly show, Ross, and it was the question about the goaltending that caught my attention the most, and I'm just scrolling to it here so I can get the exact numbers uh, for you, but... 
uh, Ian Mendez, here it is. Ian Mendez also was surprised by this. So the question is, would you be comfortable if the Senators started next season with goaltending duo of Anton Fordberg and Mad Sogard? 41.1% said yes, and then obviously the remaining 589 said no. 41.1% point, saying yes, Ross, was high for me. Uh, look, nothing against those two guys. Mads is a friend of the show. You guys know uh, I and we love Anton Forsberg. But if the statement we just said a couple seconds ago, Ross, no excuses not to make playoffs, I'm not sure that goaltending duo can get it done. And again, that's nothing against them. I just don't think Mads is ready to take on that load. And we're looking at an Anton Forsberg coming back from massive, massive knee uh, issues where both of his knees were impacted on the same play. And yes, I do expect he'll be healthy come training camp. But man, that's a lot to ask of those two guys, in my opinion. Are we not mixing Dylan Ferguson in here too? I mean, this guy's unbeatable. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't part of the question, so I'm just going off the question. But uh, I don't know if uh, seven goalies in one season is the recipe for success, Ross, as we just learned. No, I think they, they certainly need another guy in the mix. With that in mind, the fact that you're going to need more than two goalies throughout the season. Mads will get NHL games next year. I hope he gets NHL games <laughs> next year. But I also hope that it comes in the middle of the season, not a Matt O'Connor. Hey, Mads is starting the home opener. No pressure, <laughs> kid. No excuses season. We need you right now. So the, I did find that super interesting as well. My biggest thing. I'll get to after this because I want to stick with goalies because the follow-up was if the senators were to target a UFA goalie this summer, which would you want them to take? And there was a clear cut. Number one, Jonas Corposalo is the guy. Now he played unbelievable with Los Angeles after being traded with Vladislav Gavrikov from Columbus and maybe take those Columbus stats with a grain of salt with the way that team's been going. But I think that in a very soft market for goalies this summer as, as UFAs, I think we might see some overpayments, not only on cap it though, on term. And that's what really scares me. I know it, it's also scary going the trade route because the Sens have been burned now twice, mm. going with Matt Murray and Cam Talbot that direction. But I would probably look towards trading versus going to the UFA market. Should we run through some of these names and uh, gauge our interest on this? Like uh, Corpusalo is a great answer. But LA is not letting him go. Like you don't I don't think so? No, I don't see a world where they let him go. They they obviously targeted him. They wanted to bring him in. Uh Cal Peterson. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with him. He's still got a long contract there. And I think he's gonna is gonna be the guy there. They're ready for playoff contention and they need a goalie. I don't think they're gonna let him go. I know it's McDavid and Drysaddle, but those last three games were pretty ugly against Edmonton. Uh, six goals on 27 shots and then five goals on 26 shots on the way out the door uh, this season for LA. Yeah, not great, but I, I just think, you know, you want to go with a guy, you know, they, he had really great regular season stats for them going up to the playoff push. So I just think they're going to hold on to him. All right. Well, outside of that, I think that we could look at a guy. Okay, feel free to laugh at me for this one. But man, Fred, Freddie Anderson is the type of goalie that can get you to the playoffs. Okay, he can get you there. Okay, yes, period. Period. Do you want Do you want that? Do you want to make playoffs? No, I do. But Freddie Anderson is not the guy I want to be relying on in the playoffs. But yes, I agree with you. Getting to the playoffs is good. And I think 
part of the narrative though is that the Leafs dumped him after they couldn't win a series with them. But just like Freddie Laleem or Freddie Laleem, <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Laleem, he is Freddie Laleem. That's the switch there. Um, just like Laleem, and that's why we call him Freddie Laleem. His numbers actually weren't that bad in the playoffs. Like Anderson was not the reason the Leafs lost those series. He just couldn't come up with the big saves and the big moments, just like Laleem. So I think Freddie Anderson is an interesting uh, candidate, but you can't be giving him term. And a free agent goalie like that, he's going to be wanting term. So that's what I'm interested in, but I don't know if that's the number one option. The Ottawa Senators notoriously traded goalies within the division over the last decade. Robin Leonard to Buffalo, Ben Bishop to Tampa. I'm doing anything I can to get Jeremy Swayman out of the Boston Bruins. That's my guy. That's who we need to go for. RFA this summer. I think you can get him at a decent price. Maybe you're you're going to have to give up some futures because Boston has none and their aging core. I think they probably want to like a Yarventi. I think would be of, of yep. interest to them. That that type of player. And man, like Jeremy Swayman, we've seen that guy have some great great outings and. That way I don't have to lose my voice chirping him at the home opener like we did last year. But, Pelsy, all jokes aside, Jeremy Swayman is a guy who I've circled twice on my list as a guy who can Boston even – basically, if Boston keeps Jeremy Swayman, they're probably going to have to move Taylor Hall. Like, they, they have to move some money around one way or another. Yeah. You think they already have Allmark? This guy's going to win the Vez? He scored a goal last year. Come on. But, uh, no, if you're going to keep a goalie, it's going to be Allmark out of those two. So, I don't know. I, I've got that in my eye on him if we're talking goalies. Yep, I like Swayman a lot. I think that makes a lot of sense. A uh, couple other names on the list here. Tristan Jari, I'm out on. Uh, seems very Matt Murray-esque, and not just because uh, he's a Pittsburgh Penguin, but the injury troubles inconsistent. are there, inconsistent. I, I think he's a good goalie, but I don't think he's the right guy for the job. Uh, Varlamov is interesting, but I feel like you're just doing the Cam Talbot reboot here because – Varlamov, his numbers look good last year. He looks good in the playoffs, similar to Talbot. He looked good uh, the upcoming games before he was traded to Ottawa, and it didn't work out. So I don't want to get an aging guy for one year. Uh, a guy that I'm looking at, Aiden Hill, really interests me here. But <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice here. Um, but Vegas, I don't think Vegas is going to let go of him either. Like that's Well, they've got a million goalies. Like If Leonard comes back next year, they'll have a decision to make. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with Robin Leonard. I think he needs money. Yeah, but I don't think Vegas really trusts him right now. Like it, I, I could see even a buyout situation happening there. Well, Robin Leonard, we mentioned that we should get to our sends abroad draft in just a minute. But obviously, yes, the biggest question here, and go subscribe to the Athletic. There's lots of great stuff. By the way, Pilsy, go look at your email right now. Uh, maybe we'll tease a guest coming up at the end of the show. A big guest coming up this week. Unlocked on Senators. All that to say, what would you do with Alex DeBrinket this summer? 63.3 said signed to a reasonable contract that pays him less than Kachuk and Stutzla. Yeah, that's all well and dandy. I almost think we need to take that option out because I don't know how realistic it is that you're going to get Alex DeBrinket when he's guaranteed at least one year at $9 million. Why would he sign long-term for less than eight point? Two million dollars. I just see that as kind of a wishful thinking um, response, but obviously that would be mine if if possible. Um, but this was an interesting one. Fourteen point four percent would be confident in letting him play out his qualifying offer. I wouldn't. He. I don't trust. I've been burned too many times before, and even with the return from Mark Stone, who was on that one year, and he even signed an extension where he was going. Yeah. 
that's that's too risky for me, man. I can't I can't stomach that. Yeah, I don't I don't like it either. I think unfortunately it, it's possible that happens, Ross, but I don't like it either. I think the idea of him signing for less than Timmy and Brady is possible, though, because I think what Dabrinkit might want to do is that was a down year for him. I think he might want just a little bit of stability. He's got a young family, so maybe sign a two, three-year deal. You guys know I've been all over this. Short-term deal is better for Dabrinkit and the Ottawa Senators. Sign two, three-year deal. Stay with this core. Try to have some success. Come out the other side of UFA, and by that point, a new TV deal is coming up for the NHL, I'm pretty sure. And I think the cap is going to be looked uh, to increase a big, big jump in that time, especially after recovering from uh, COVID time. So I think that would be a smart play for Dabrinka because then he can sign one massive contract after this and hopefully raise his value. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Dabrinka. That's the big domino for sure. A lot more questions are answered in this survey. Like, what would you do with Travis Hamanick, Eric Branstrom, Ridley Gregg? Go check it all out on The Athletic and let us know in the comments if there's another interesting one you want us to discuss later this week on Locked On Senders. Pills, you see the email? I did. Very good. Very good. I like it. We'll tease it at the end of the show. But right now, you're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Everyone knows all about eBay, but did you know they can help you get the right parts for your car? For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. you got to have the perfect fit, and it's the same with your vehicles. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know your part will fit or you get your money back. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part fits the first time around. And with over 122 million parts and accessories, you'll be sure that you can find your part and get back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, get the right fit, and get the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Check it out today. eBay Motors. Today's episode is also brought to you by my happy place in Ottawa. It's Shawarma Palace. I said it simply in the banner that's scrolling at the bottom on YouTube. I love Shawarma Palace. I do, I do, I do. All seven locations, but you can usually find me at Rideau Street right by Chapel Augusta in that area. They also have one on Bank Street at Hunt Club. They've got another on Bank Street in Centertown area. You're never too far from a Shawarma Palace. Even if you're out in Orleans, if you're south by Carleton University, they've got one in the food court. Sailor Ross Shopping Center, they are all over the place. And why? You can't build a great company. Ottawa's best place for Shawarma since 1997 for good reason. They cu- People come back because it's great customer service. It's amazing food. It's fresh ingredients. The portion size are astronomical. It's just the best place to go when you're hungry. And you can also get it ordered right to your door. Check them out on Uber Eats. All available. Let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. They're huge Sens fans. Support local. Support a great business. Family business. That is provides the best food in Ottawa. Literally worldwide known Shawarma Palace from your streets of Ottawa. Go check them out. Shawarma Palace, a month away, I'm getting myself Shawarma Palace. All right, Pilsy. 
Should I answer just say anytime, either day? Uh, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Other, I, I'm working Wednesday night, but other than that, uh, we can okay. clear our schedule for this one. Okay, anytime Tuesday or before 2 p.m. on Wednesday, I will say. While we await that, sends abroad. We mentioned Robin Leonard. I think a couple of years ago, he would have been the guy first overall in this draft. We are going to draft our list of sends abroad players currently in the league i'm getting a lot of replies on twitter at send central people want mark my thought back patrolling the sends blue line i think awesome. you have to ask him i don't know if his knee is where it needs to be to play national hockey league minutes but uh it is great to see all these answers flowing in on twitter at send central you can also reply in the comments on youtube pilsy i believe you got first overall in our concessions pick yes last uh, week so i'm gonna go first here and this one i i know the the wound is still open here six years later but i just looked and mika zabanajad is making 8.5 million over the next six years he's got 91 points he's a number one center and he can he's a right shot ottawa i'd say a little bit less right shots up front than than lefties so i would even say because i know you're going to answer you're going to say well how are you going to fit that in yeah I would probably move move Norris if I had to for for Zibanejad. Whew, Wow, this is not the direction I thought this would go off the bat. And he's the best. He's the best sends abroad player in the league right now, without any injury concerns. Mark Stone's. It's a bit scary knowing there's so much time left on that deal. Mika's a consistent eighty games per season type player. 81, 82, 82. and the points are just ridiculous. He had more points than Tim Stutzla this year. Think of how good Stutzla yeah. was. Zabanajad had one more assist, same amount of goals. How many years left on that deal? He's in. He's in the. Uh, he's going into the second year of an eight-year contract, and he's twenty-nine. Yeah, that's that's pretty damn good. Wow, you th- you threw a curveball here. I was not expecting that. Not gonna lie, but uh, eight point five million, Pelsey. No, it it is the move, but yeah, you, you got to find a home for Josh Norris, and uh, that's tough. I, I mean. Yeah, there's probably some that wouldn't be my first call. I wouldn't be say sign him. All right, get on the phone and move move Norris. Like, well, you have to. Well, if you're gonna no, if you don't re-sign to Brinkett, there's there's his money right there. But then who moves to the wing? Norris? Norris or Zabanaja? I mean, Norris's shoulders aren't perfect. Yeah, so. you're not gonna move Zibby to the wing. No. I don't know. He's got that one timer. Throw him on the left side, let him let him rip the pill. Yeah. Huh. Okay. First overall, Mika Zabanaja. All right, I, I am very surprised by that, but I like it. And it, it's hard to argue a guy like Mika Zibanejad on a contract like that, not bringing him back. So that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with who I thought was going to be your number one pick. So I'm taking it off the board. Connor Brown. Connor Brown. Like, it still frustrates me to this day that they traded him for a second round pick. And he would have been the guy they need. They need guys that can kill penalties. He can score goals. He led the team in goals a couple seasons ago. He's a restricted free agent. He loved being in Ottawa from what it seemed like. DJ Smith and him, they were guys that go back all the way to the Leafs days. And I just think Connor Brown would be the perfect guy to fit on that line. Like if you have a line of Matthew Joseph, Shane Pinto, and Connor Brown, I think your bottom six scoring woes would be helped out enormously and that penalty kills stay strong. So Connor Brown is my first pick. Okay. I like that. He's unrestricted free agent now, but you meant when he was coming, when he came to, Oh, sorry. I said RFA. I meant 
uh, UFA. Sorry. No, I, I like the deal. Ottawa did sign him out of his RFA. He was traded to Ottawa with one year left on his deal, re-upped at 3.6 per year, just finished that contract out with Washington. What scares me there, though, Pilsy, is again the, the full season injury he missed. But you, you mentioned it, man. He would add that depth scoring that they so badly need and maybe would do it on a one-year, hey, prove that you're back and go get your four- or five-year contract. Yeah, it wouldn't be a long-term deal, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, go ahead next. And that's a bit of a cheap one, though, Pilsy, because we're saying at the current cap hit, this guy doesn't have a contract right now. Well, what? So all UFAs are just off the table? No, no. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're going to love this, then. It's another guy that currently does not have a contract. He is an RFA, though. Philip Gustafson is my next pick. And I know you're not a Gus guy, but... He would have been my next pick still. What does this team need more than anything? Stable goaltending. And Philip Gustafson, I I honestly believe that um, Bill Guerin acquired him thinking this is a great backup for Marc-Andre Fleury. And he took that number one job and ran with it. And look, if you would have asked me before last season started... I would it, like if Ian Mendes' question, would you be comfortable of a goalie tandem of Philip Gustafson and Anton Forsberg moving forward? I would have said no, I would not have been. But after the season he had in Minnesota, I think you could have Philip Gustafson and Anton Forsberg and they could get you to the playoffs. And Forsberg has what, two years left on that deal? In two years' time, I think Mad Sogard is ready, and you could have a tandem of Philip Gustafson and Mad Sogard. Some homegrown talent would be uh would be great to have as a goalie tandem in the Ottawa center system. Now Gus is an RFA. Like we mentioned, I'm, I have no clue what kind of contract he's going to end up getting, but with an RFA, the team has the leverage and I think it would be a short-term deal rather than a long-term deal. If you're Philip Gustafson, and that's what you're going for. So I think that's something that would work out great for the Ottawa senators. Yeah. I like that. And like I said, even though I'm not the biggest Gus guy, I will say he would have been my next pick and, uh, by the way, Joey Decord uh, leading the Coachella Valley Dun- uh, Firebirds to the conference finals right now. That's he's, awesome. He's playing red hot, so good for our boy, Joey Dak. So your two picks, you've got Connor Brown and Philip Gustafson. I've got Mika Zabanajad, and I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to do it, okay, because somebody's kind of got to go oh, in man. that bottom pair. We're talking about, like, who's going to be that right side third pair. I know I'm about to be his neighbor. It'd be fun, but <laughs> – Dylan DeMello would be nice. would be a great addition. Like and a guy who, if there's an injury in the top four, you're super confident with him playing with your best players because he plays such Agreed. a calm, mistake-free game. And you're not really anchoring yourself to much contract. He's only got one year left at, I believe, a $3 million cap hit. So he, he's a guy who would be a no-brainer. Uh, reacquisition should have never really been traded. It kind of Agreed. felt weird the way he left uh, for a third-round pick. And it ends up being Levy Maryland and we've got high hopes for him, but uh, Dylan DeMello would be my second pick in this. That, draft. That's a good one. I glossed over uh, him. That's a really good pick. I like that one a lot. Yeah. I've always been a DeMello guy. Cause you mentioned what are the sense needs stable goaltending? What else do they need? A defensive structure. And he, that's just kind of what he brings game in game out is he's the kind of guy that's going to be able to, to really help out on the back end. So that's my second one right there. <laughs> And for my third Final pick, one, for my third one, another guy who should have never left had one of his most successful seasons of his career in Ottawa. And this year was tough for him, but again, he came back from a year-long injury. Had thirty goals last year, 
and he's not making much. What's his contract at? I need to find this out. It, it's Anthony Duclair. I mean, nice. He's on. on my list. That's a good. That's a good. Good pick. He has he's one year left at three mil, I believe. Yeah, one year left at three million. Like that's that's easy to get a potential thirty goal score guy who can play in your top six, play in your third line. Like you would just add such an element of speed to this team. Anthony Duclair would. I'd love to see back. Yeah, he would be great on that third line, just like I mentioned, putting Connor Brown there. Like, if you have a third line of Anthony Duclair, Shane Pinto, and Matthew Joseph, like, those wingers have such good speed. Uh, Duclair was one of my favorite players when he was here, and I was baffled when they didn't send him a qualifying offer. And, Ross, I said it on the show, and I meant it. If they would have re-signed him, that was going to be my next Sens jersey. I was such a big Duclair fan, and uh, that was tough to watch him go. Maybe we could ask why he wasn't qualified to someone in the know. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd have to be someone pretty high up to have that info. Okay. Who's your third pick? My third pick, and you're going to roll your eyes at this, and I, I, don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm doing it. He's already been mentioned on this show. Bronze medal winner, Rudolph Balsers. You're such an idiot. <laughs> because, Ross, because... Look, this team is getting to a cap crunch here, and you need to find guys that have potential that aren't going to be making a lot of money. The guys we mentioned for the third line, Ross, Connor Brown, Anthony Duclair, those guys are in the $3 million range, which if you plan on signing to Brinkett, getting a goalie, you're not going to have a lot of money left for that bottom six. Whereas Rudolph Balsers, you could get him for under a million dollars, probably one year deal. And it wasn't that long ago when he went to San Jose uh, after they reacquired him. In 61 games, he had 23 points, which, hey, that doesn't jump out at the page at you. But if you're looking at uh, cost per point, it's pretty efficient. And I still am of the belief that that guy has more potential than uh, he's being given credit for. So Rudolph Balsers as a cheap bottom six guy that could play on your third line. I, I love it, and uh, I know that's a bit of a homer pick by me. I've always been a Balsters guy, but you got to find good value contracts, and I think that would be a good value contract. All right, well, then my honorable mention is Chris Domenico. Nice. <laughs> I mean, that would also be a cheap, cheap deal. So funny that we've mentioned Chris Domenico what, three times in the last week on this show? That's more than we did probably his entire time playing for the <laughs> Ottawa Senators, but... I mean, he's a popular guy in uh, hockey circles these days, right? Everybody's talking about Dito. Everybody is. Wow, great stuff. All right, let us know in the comments who would be your top choice. Again, Eric Carlson would certainly be on this list, if not for the $11.5 million cap hit. Mark Stone would be on this list if it weren't for the back injury concerns. Lots of great former centers. Hey, Colin White at under a million dollars is certainly a lot more reasonable than uh, four point what? Four but, six? Ross, uh if this, uh, I don't know how we this this works in our scenario, but you also have to add on the eight hundred thousand dollars you're paying them in the buyout, so you can't forget that. All right, we'll talk more about this as things go on. Again, the Florida Panthers waiting to find out their opponent in the Stanley Cup Finals. It's either Vegas or Dallas. Game six tonight in Dallas. Coming up on the other side is Kyle Dubis waiting, making the Pittsburgh Penguins wait for the Sens ownership. And Nico Sparks decided to take to Twitter and have some discussions with Ottawa Senators fans over the weekend. That's coming up next. You're listening to Locked On Senators.
All right, Pilsy. Final segment of this Monday show. And I want to begin it by asking you, if we record at 11 a.m. tomorrow, Eastern time, will the Ottawa Senators' ownership news be broken by then? Are they waiting for the end of the long weekend to dot their I's, cross their T's, or do you think this is going to extend another week? If I had to guess, Ross, my guess is leaning towards it extending rather than getting solved soon. So I un- until until we know, I'm going to say we're we're going to be waiting more because th- this was supposed to be solved a-, a while ago. And look, I know it's frustrating, but in the end, I don't have a problem with it taking time. I'd rather take the time, get it right. Um uh, Dot all your I's, cross all your T's, make sure everything lines up and you pick the right group here because Ottawa Senators fans deserve to have a good ownership group. And uh, that's all I want to see, no matter how long it takes. The overwhelming news, I guess, from the weekend, and we'll, and we'll get briefly to Sparks kind of firing back at a fan or creating a spark, dare I say. Um, but I think kind of the, the bigger news and what's making sure this is getting closer to a resolution, uh, Bruce Garriock reported yesterday that uh, Olivia and Anna Melnick, the two daughters who are currently the owners and will retain up to 10% of the team, so they, they still have a vested interest beyond just having the sale price as high as possible. They want this next ownership to succeed not only for their legacy, but for their stakes in the company. They met with all four of the ownership groups last week. So that's another step. Another step. Man, shout out to those girls. Like that, what they're doing right here is so insane. Like I couldn't imagine, imagine us Ross in our early twenties, sitting down in a board meeting with people presenting potentially billion dollar bids. And you're on the other side of that table. Like, it's, it's incredible what they're doing. So uh, I really believe they deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, they certainly do. And they're going to have their say in who the next owner of the Ottawa Senators will be on Twitter this weekend. It was a message from Nico Sparks uh, towards AJ Perez. We actually talked about his tweet on Friday mentioning honesty, fairness, respect. Uh, this came out after reports Frank Saravalli, Ian Mendez, both reporting that the Nico Sparks group as recently as last year were trying to solicit more funds, trying to get more money from investors. They were sending out emails. This is somewhat of an urgent matter, was the direct quote that Frank Saravelli got from that email to prospective investors or current investors that they just wanted more from. And Nico Sparks decided to go with the AJ Perez reply, um, saying that, hey, maybe they're not dialing for dollars, which is a, a banker term for securing money, but um, mentioning that all four groups are well capitalized. Now, I also clicked on AJ Perez's tweet, the one that Nico Sparks um, retweeted. And it was interesting that uh, the follow-up was, yes, I still have questions about the big money behind the Sparks group. That was literally that reporter's follow-up to him saying that, which I did kind of think was funny. But of course, Twitter being Twitter, there's going to be a very uh, wide variety of answers to any tweet. Let's put it that way. And um, Nico Sparks replied to three of them. One of them uh, from Bori6666 said, Nico, you better start cooking. And I think that's kind of an internet term for like, stay hot, basically, right? Like, like yeah, I'm cooking right now. Like like Jimmy Butler, when he scores 50 points in a game, he's cooking, right? Like, right? Like Nathan McKinnon gets a hatcher, he's cooking. Timmy bats a puck out of midair and scores, he's cooking. All right? So like that. Already cooking, my man. Media not even close. Change comes hard, but here we stand. Okay? All good. Yeah. Um, 
Another guy replied uh, saying, the address in your Twitter bio is the back of an auto parts store. Like these are things that you just got to let go. Might want to check again, my guy, is his reply there. And this is the one that caught a lot of attention. 107 replies, 68 quote tweets. Yeah. Somebody replied, and it's a Stugatz in O-Town, quote, well capitalized yet begging for quarters. This bid is held together with spit. Maybe not the most respectful reply that uh, you've ever seen, but again, one that you can just scroll right past. Instead, Nico Sparks replies, quote, how would you know? Wait, you don't. Your judgment is based on what you read. Unfortunately, those aren't the facts. Obviously, we're still here for a reason, and it's not spit and quarters. Line up with the other haters because we're not going anywhere. Pilsy, when you saw that come across your timeline, what was your immediate reaction? My immediate reaction was, do we want owners clapping back at fans on Twitter? Probably not. Uh, My immediate reaction was? Let's hear it. Imagine we had Eugene Melnick uncensored on Twitter for the last decade. <laughs> oh man, it would have been uh, it would have been wild. And I mean, hey, but then right after that, Ross, I thought, you know what? If I was Nico Sparks, I'd probably be a little pissed at all the rumors and things that people are saying as well. Now, I don't pretend to know anything more than everyone else here, so I'm not saying whether he's uh, rightfully doing that or or not. But uh, I just think. That's not what the Nico Sparks group needs right now, especially with uh, they've been very public and they don't have a problem being public. And that's fine. If that's your approach, that's cool. But clapping back and calling uh, people that are potentially fans of the team you're trying to buy haters is an interesting approach. I'll just say that. Yeah, it is. And a couple follow-ups from him right away. Everyone is entitled to their opinions, uh, regardless of how inaccurate they are. Uh, he, Nico Sparks says, I love Ottawa, the team, and deeply believe in everything we stand for, inclusiveness and the Stanley Cup. I apologize for responding to the personal attacks leveled against me. Then he follows up again saying, everyone asks, what do you love about Ottawa? This is what I love about Ottawa. My favorite moment with a complete stranger. This game brings us together. A Stanley Cup will make us great. I will stay focused and it's him with a sense fan at a game and uh, people people are giving me a really good laugh because obviously he's got one of those like custom jerseys i would imagine that says sparks on the back 23 people are thinking it's a travis hamnick jersey i gotta i got i got a real good kick out of that is that a uh, a telltale sign hamnick re-signing Let's well go. it's like it's like when anna and olivia melnick had 22 on their jersey from from last year and everyone's like, are these Zaitsev fans? <laughs> so funny. So again, that's neither here nor there. My my only thing I would say about that is if you're an owner of a, a team, and look, it all stems from the fact that the Senators maybe haven't had the most stable ownership over the last 20 years. Everyone is a little gun shy yes. of what's to come next. Everyone is very protective. It's like we all have a teenage daughter and she's bringing home all these prospective boyfriends. We're like, hey, we got to vet this process. We got to make sure everything's on the up and up here because we cannot afford to have what we've had in the past. So that all comes together and and you're like, okay, well, the one group that's being public, when you become public, part of that is you're kind of inviting feedback, yes. right? If you're you got to take the good with the bad if you're if you're doing that, yeah. So if you know that as a business strategy, you're going to be very public and say we're in it, we're in it, we're in it. Expect haters. That's cool. You have to have thick skin to be an owner of the Ottawa Senators. Billboards might come up. Things might happen. You have to be able to just brush it off your shoulder, know that you're doing a good job and keep it. Because at the end of the day, 
this is fans of a team that's lost a lot of hockey in the last seven years. Yep. If the Nico Sparks group wins and then wins hockey games, they're going to be the best owners that the Senators have ever had. It's really that simple. The, the correlation, let me try this again. The Venn diagram between a good owner and a team that wins is one big circle. That's all we all Sens fans want is a winner on the ice. Of course, we love everything that they stand for, the inclusiveness and how they want to grow the game into a diverse network. Love yep. that. It's great. It all comes down to the Stanley Cup. All comes down to playoffs. All comes down to a to a team and a city that loves their team and has felt that it's been chipped away at for the last decade. And now it's like the big chance to blow up the balloon once again and make the Sens great, make them a big part of the hockey world once again. And it just kind of feels like we should all be pulling the rope the same way, not picking a couple people who are uh, like offended in the comments and going at them. It just like, I don't know. And we ratioed his initial tweet, just asking if he wants to come on the show to discuss, because if he doesn't like the way that he's being portrayed or the narrative, come on the show. We will literally just put it on a tee and you can take it any direction you'd want. So open invite. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're going with the public approach, what better than to join a podcast and be able to have a proper discussion, not through With tweets? Words. <laughs> yeah, like why why not uh, do that? So yes, obviously open invitation. We'd love to talk to him because we have our own questions and, and concerns that we would love to um, hear his opinion on and not have to rely on other sources and reports and things like that. So yeah, 100%, I would be interested in having that discussion and, and I think it would be great, but... I think with the Nico Sparks group, it's they just need to show that they're not in this for a spectacle. And I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying that's the way it comes across at times. And if they can continue to talk about what they want to do for the city of Ottawa, if they can continue to show that they're not just bringing on these celebrities to smile and wave like everybody is a part of some sort of plan, then look. That's great. I love it. Same here. And they have to have Shoreham Palace in the new arena. Otherwise, we riot. Well, I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was my 1-1 one, one pick on concession food options. Of course, Nico Sparks knows that. It was the unanimous 1-1 one, one pick for the Nico Sparks group. It, it was the Connor Bedard of that draft. Easily. Easily. Um, you know what the Tim Stutzel of the draft was? The one who didn't go first, but maybe should have. Farm support. Hey, you oh. got your uh, you got <laughs> yes. your farm to fork uh, delivery. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, delivered right to my door, which is amazing. Uh, go check it out on Twitter, and we're gonna put it on Instagram. Um, I got sirloins individually vacuum sealed, nice and easy to have one or as many as you want. And I got skinless chicken breasts. So Ross, I got the next. There's ten sirloins, ten chicken breasts. I got the next. 20 dinners figured out here. I just got to find some sides for those. So I'm fired up about that for sure. And cooking videos coming soon? Yes, cooking videos coming soon. Although I am a little bit nervous, Ross. Uh, although I did go to George Brown College, uh, same as you. I did not take culinary uh, classes like you did. So can I cook a steak uh, the exact way I like every time? No, not necessarily. So the pressure will be on for me to get a proper medium rare steak uh, cooked in this video. So we'll see how that goes. Funny you mentioned that because we did our, our frequently asked questions and listener questions. And by the way, the mailbag was so big. We were like was awesome. running around with so many gifts or <laughs> questions in our bag. And uh, we didn't get to a few. So we will get to those later this week. 
Um, but when they asked how Locked On Senators started, Pelzi, if there was a movie done about us, which I, I don't think there ever should or will be. Maybe Nico Sparks could produce it. There you go. But imagine if it started with like you living your life at George Brown and me living my life at George Brown, not knowing each other. And then literally College of Sports Media is like across the street, like just down there. So like a quick pan and like, uh, you know where they can like speed up the video, like a, a yep. time lapse. Time lapse yeah. like, zoop, 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 and then down the stairs into the basement. And then it, and then it opens. You, you know, the scene that just flashed into my head, we're what? both going to George Brown college. You're wearing your chef whites. I got uh, my, my suit and tie on for my uh, hospitality uniform. We're going into the doors. We bump into each other. Yeah. Books fall out of our case. Both of us have like a Senator's like hockey card or like a poster fall out or, and we just look at it, pick it up. Is this mine? Is this yours? Oh, whatever. Have a good day, man. And then boom. We flash forward to uh, us meeting at CSN. That would be hilarious. For some reason, the memory that stands out most of me being in class at George Brown was Ottawa acquiring Ben Bishop for a second. <laughs> <month>. <laughs> yeah, you're you're learning how to properly make like uh, filet mignon or some sort of dish, and Ross is just like, "Yo, did here we got Ben Bishop?" And the guy beside you is like, "The Leafs got Bishop." He's like, "No, the Sens. Come on." Hell yeah, that's awesome. All right, Phil, is there any Good. final thoughts on today's show? Oh, we didn't talk about Kyle Dubas. Can you make that your final thought, please? Yeah, sure. Kyle Dubas, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Ross, Pierre Dorian is the general manager for the Ottawa Senators. Unless Kyle Dubas is interested in becoming assistant general manager or being a part of the staff, not that interested. I'm going the other way, Pilsy. I think he might be president of hockey ops. Ooh, going higher up there. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we know Kyle Dubas is a Sens fan. That's that's confirmed. And look, I don't I don't have a lot of issues with the decisions he made, but the biggest issue I have is giving those guys all that money right away because that's all his other problems stemmed from doing that, especially when they had team control. And they just handed out $11 million to those kids. So Not only that, they handed them out to walk them right to unrestricted free agency. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kyle Dubas could have essentially done the, the magic meme. Oh, are you worried about giving these guys big deals and you're walking them right to RFA? I ain't going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to be in Ottawa when these expire. So, uh, but yeah, the, the uh, reports are he met with Sidney Crosby in Pittsburgh. I thought Steve Sens nailed it with this one. He said he actually just went to tell Sid how sad he was in 2017 and how disappointed he was. But um, yeah, it seems like Elliot Friedman and Frank Saravelli are the two guys who are reporting that he's kind of waiting to see what happens in Ottawa. Like, I think he wants the Ottawa job or some job in Ottawa. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be GM. I think Pierre Dorian is back next year. And Oh, Pierre Dorian being back? What's that? The return? The return? Yeah. Pierre Dorian on Locked On Senators this Wednesday. We got the confirmation, Pillsy, 10.30. uh, We're recording, so about 1 o'clock. Any pressing questions, let us know in the comments as well. Um, Huge. The one thing that nobody can say Pierre Dorian is, is shy. This guy will will give you a great answer, a long answer, and I'm extremely excited to get him back on the show because last time we had him on was probably his most euphoric day since 2017, signing Tim Stutzla to that eight-year contract extension. He was on cloud nine. Now there's kind of a, a cloud of uncertainty with the whole organization being up for sale. 
How much is that affecting his day-to-day? We'll ask him that. But any other questions, let us know in the comments. We'll get to those with Pierre Dorian, which is funny, as we say on today's show, Kyle Dubas, three question marks. But I truly believe there's a world where both Kyle Dubas and Pierre Dorian work for the Ottawa Senators front office. Okay, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, I hadn't thought of him being president of hockey operations, so I don't mind that, Ross. I like that uh, spin zone. Remember they were looking for one, and yes. then it just never happened? Yeah, I remember they were looking for one. Which time? How many years are we talking here? Yeah, well, I guess, the, I mean, they did bring in Ryan Bonus. He was uh, as an assistant GM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a president, yeah. No, no, it's not a president of hockey ops. But it, if, they, if they do go out and bring him in in that role, I'd like to see, I'd like to give it a chance. Yeah, I'd be interested. All right, tomorrow on Locked On Senators, we will... I think we should get a little more into the fan survey reaction because we Let's did we did a couple of the questions, but there are a few more that uh, I think will spark some good conversation. We'll tee up Wednesday's interview with Pierre Dorian. Maybe we'll even get a Send Central Citizen because we we're going to do that Wednesday. But of course, this just came on. You've watched the entire booking of an interview from the time this show started until yeah, right now. For so real. Send's PR team, really appreciate them uh, being so easy to work with. And Pilsy. It's going to be a big week in Sensland. I'm going to go out on a limb for the third week in a row and say we're going to get an answer this week on who owns the Ottawa Senators. Hey, I love the optimism. You know what the NHL's dream would be, though, right? There's going to be a three- or four-day break between the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals. For their news cycle, they would probably hope that it drops somewhere in that. It's true. It's true. And, uh, Ross, let's do a Sen Central Citizen-style interview with Pierre Dorian. How about that? How did you become an auto center fan? That <laughs> yeah. should be our first question. That would be hilarious. So we're now very pleased to welcome this <laughs> Central citizen. He's a man very close <laughs> to the organization. Oh, he's the general manager. Yep, I love it. Let's do it. All right. For today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. <laughs>